In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them, and while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Today, brothers and sisters, we observe and celebrate the glorious ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ, an event no less literal than his death on the cross, no less historic than his resurrection from the dead. Before the eyes of his disciples, our Savior was lifted up, enveloped in a cloud, and carried into heaven. But in true Lutheran fashion, we might ask, what does this mean? St. Paul writes that God raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. There are a couple things that stand out from Paul's words. First, we glimpse that there is, in fact, a great hierarchy of rule and authority, power and dominion, that includes the angelic beings and stretches from heaven to earth. Second, we see that God has set Jesus at the very top, far above all rule and authority. In other words, Christ's ascension is his coronation. And the scriptures teach this as a matter of literal historical fact. The one who has made atonement for all our sins, the one who freely forgives us all things, is the one who rules over the heavens and the earth. As he himself told us, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. And I'm taking my title for this homily from these words of Jesus. This is a homily on authority. I don't expect it to be very popular, but rest assured it will be correct. What the ascension shows us Christ ascending and being seated far above all rule and authority is that the heavens and the earth are far more hierarchical than we Americans might like to think. Though our country may yet be a democracy, that's up for some debate, the rest of the cosmos isn't. And even our democracy is under the authority of a monarchy that staggers the imagination. Though our country may yet be a democracy, even the democracies of this world are all under the authority of God and that throne of all thrones upon which our Lord Jesus now sits. His ascension isn't merely the Son of God returning to the throne upon which he once sat. The Son of God has now become the Son of Man. God has become man. And upon the throne of all thrones now sits a human being. What unimaginable dignity has been given to our race that angels and archangels and the entire hierarchy of the heavenly places would serve this man. Upon the throne of thrones and crowned with the crown of crowns, is the one who so loved us that he bore the crown of thorns 
and sat upon the throne of the cross, that he might redeem us and bring us back to God for all eternity, but even more, that by his glorious redemption we might become sons of God and kings over which he is king of kings and lords over which he is lord of lords. And thus our full glory in his kingdom has not yet been revealed. As individualistic Americans, we tend to despise hierarchy and think that hierarchy negates equality. That if one is higher in the hierarchy, he is somehow inherently more valuable. But nothing could be further from the truth. Consider the greatest of all mysteries, the Godhead himself. Even in the Holy Trinity, we see an equality of the persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, co-equal, fully divine. And yet there is also an economy, an ordering, a hierarchy to the interaction of these divine persons. The Father and the Son are co-equal, but one is the Father and one is the Son. The Father is not obedient to the Son, but the Son to the Father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it's not the Father who says to the Son, Thy will be done, but the Son to the Father. Hierarchy doesn't negate equality, not in uncreated persons, nor in created persons. Thus, the heavenly hierarchy extends from the highest heaven right down into our homes. St. Paul writes this to the church in Corinth. I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband. And the head of Christ is God. And Paul goes on to write, Man is the image and glory of God. Woman is the glory of man. For man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. That last line is enough to overturn decades worth of indoctrination to the contrary. Man was not created for woman, but woman for man. While husband and wife are equally human beings with equal dignity and value in the sight of God, marriage is in fact entirely hierarchical. And that's the, one of the reasons why so many Christian marriages fail today. Because even Christian men and Christian women alike are ignorant or outright reject the hierarchy that God has instituted within the family. Remember the hierarchy of heaven, as St. Paul shows, extends into our own homes. To put it in a linear way, God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of the husband. The husband is the head of the wife. And obviously children are under mother and father, that is, under the wife who is under the husband, who himself is under Christ, who himself is under God. Thus, to reject the lower part of the hierarchy is to reject the higher part as well. This is the authority structure that God himself has put in place. Now, obviously, more than this could be said and will be said. Various caveats and safeguards could be established. But too long have we let these cause us to ignore the blunt and honest truth 
about what God has, in fact, established. The husband is to rule his home under the authority of Christ, and the woman is to rule in the home under the authority of her husband. The children are to live under the lesser authority of mother and the greater authority of father, and all are to live under the still greater authority of Christ, who is, on the basis of his ascension, seated far above all. And so, too, rulers are given to us by God, and authority and hierarchy are established in the civil sphere and in the ecclesiastical or churchly sphere. Our civil fathers are to rule and govern in accordance with the natural law, as stated succinctly in the Ten Commandments, and they're to govern in such a way that the church is protected and thrives. Our ecclesiastical fathers, those who hold the office of the holy ministry, are to rule and govern in accordance with the word of God. And as we heard this morning, they are especially to preach repentance and the forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus to all nations. In all things, in church, in country, and in family, we must submit ourselves and be obedient to the authorities and hierarchy that God himself has established. Only where men in authority contradict God are we to obey God and not men. In his wisdom, God has seen fit that every last human being is under the authority of another human being in one way or another. And all of these authorities are under Christ and are accountable to Christ. And that goes as well for angels and archangels and the government and hierarchy of the heavens. Does all of this God-given hierarchy and God-given authority give us cause to repent? Yes, absolutely. In fact, when the Catechism addresses us with what sins we should confess, it asks us precisely to consider our place, our station in life, and to consider it in accordance with the Ten Commandments. Are you a father? Mother, son, daughter, husband, wife, or worker, the catechism asks, then you will indeed find that you have ample place for repentance and for bearing fruits worthy of repentance. And in confessing our sins to God, we will find that Christ is seated upon the throne of all thrones in order to grant us that forgiveness that we seek forgiveness of all our sins, full and free. Forgiveness that is in fact established by Christ's own absolute authority. Christ has ascended to rule and does rule. And if you desire to acknowledge his rule, then repent and know that he forgives you your sins. And Unlearn your Americanism, dust off your catechism, wherein you will find the table of duties. And you can learn what it is that each one of us owes civil authorities, ecclesiastical authorities, and the authorities in your own home. Husbands, rule as Christ rules his church. Be firm. Be firm in God's word. 
especially in this day and age when so much is taught and believed contrary to it. But as you are being firm, also be merciful, patient, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Be as your Savior is to his church. That is, be forgiving. For Christ laid down his life to make atonement not only for your sins, husband, but also for the sins of your wife and your children. And if your sins are forgiven, then their sins are forgiven too. Take up the authority that God in Christ has given you to rule as Christ rules, in steadfast love, in humble yet glorious self-sacrifice, and in tender mercies that are freely given. When Jesus ascended in his coronation, he lifted up his hands and blessed his disciples. Why is it that he has ordered all things the way he's ordered them? Why does he reign in this way that he now reigns? What is his meaning and purpose in all of these things? Precisely that he would bless us and that we would receive his blessing this day and all our days, even unto the ages of ages. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.